Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Jesus says, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from heaven, for the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will testify of me. You will be witnesses to me. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to glorify Christ, to be a witness for him. See, Jesus never imagined a church that wasn't dependent on the Spirit. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapters 14 through 16 in a message titled, The Holy Spirit and the Life of the Church. Now, here's Pastor Brian. There's no such thing as a Christian who isn't indwelt by the Spirit. This is what Christianity really is. It's the life of God in the soul of the human being. So, Jesus said that that would happen. That did indeed happen. Now, in verse 26 of this same chapter, let's look at what Jesus said here. He said, and and remember, the context is basically he's addressing the fact that he's going to go away. So verse 25, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I said to you. Now again, this has primary application to those men right there, but it has a secondary application to us as well. But he says he will teach you all things. You see, there were still many things at this time that they didn't understand. But the Spirit would come and they would then be taught by the Spirit. They would then know the things that they needed to know. They would know the full implication of who Jesus was, and what he actually accomplished on the cross. That would come. And then he says that the Spirit would remind them of all that he had said to them. Now, of course, some in this group would later write down these things. We're reading what one of them wrote down. John wrote these down. So how does John remember all of this stuff? Well, John remembers this partially because the Holy Spirit enables him to remember this. So that was for them at the time. But we have that same kind of experience. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bring to remembrance the things that Jesus said in his word. And I would imagine you have, I know I have had many times where suddenly the Spirit will bring to my mind Uh, he will remind me of things that Jesus said or things that the broader word of God says. That is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. He does that for us. Now, jump over to chapter 15 with me and look at verse 26 of chapter 15. And here, when the advocate, the spirit, the helper comes, 
whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So he says that the Holy Spirit is going to testify of him. So that this is the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit is to testify about Jesus, to point people to Jesus. And notice, when the Spirit comes, he will testify of me. And then he says, and you will also testify of me. And we're going to see in a second that this is one of the ways the Spirit testifies about Jesus is through us, the people of God. When Jesus, at the end of of his ministry, perhaps you remember this, he says to his disciples... He gives them what we call the Great Commission. And what is the Great Commission? Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, preach the gospel. So he he commissions them to do that. But then he says this. He says, but wait. So go into the world, but wait. Wait till you receive power from heaven. Because the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will testify of me. So you see, that's what happens when the Spirit comes upon the people of God. We become those witnesses. We testify. And it's through the power of the Spirit that we are able to testify to who Jesus is. And and let me just say again, this is so important for the people that Jesus is speaking to. Now, at this moment, he hasn't, because we're not that far along in the story yet, he hasn't even given them the Great Commission yet. That's still yet to come. But they're going to remember back to the things that he said. Oh, he said that the Spirit will come and testify, and we will also testify. And they would understand that it's through the Spirit that we would be enabled to do that. Now, in chapter 16, and let's look at verses 7 through 11, We have a really interesting one here because in this passage, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit in relation to the church, but also in relation to the unbelieving world. This is the only place where Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit in relation to the unbelieving world. But notice what he says. It says in verse 7, of chapter 16, it says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, listen, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Or, he, or another way, the NIV reads, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus gives an explanation for what he meant by that. And he said about sin, because people do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit does have a role in regard to the world, the unbelieving world, and the role is to convict the world of sin. And he does that. And guess what? 
we have all had that experience. That's how we got here. <laughs> That's how we became Christians. We became Christians because the Holy Spirit convicted us of sin. And now Jesus clarifies the, the specific sin. And the specific sin is because they do not believe in me. You know, that's the one sin that in the end will condemn the world. There's all kinds of sins that one might commit. But the one sin that will condemn the world is the sin of not believing in Jesus. God sent his son into the world And whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Those that believe are saved. Those who do not believe are condemned and they're condemned because they did not believe in the name of the one and only son of God. And this is the verdict that light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil and they wouldn't come to the light. And so the Holy Spirit's convicting work is to show people that Jesus is the only way to be delivered from their sin. But then he says, secondly, the the Spirit will convict or prove the world about righteousness. And this is an interesting one. Jesus says about righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. And what Jesus means by this is that the Holy Spirit is going to show the world what the standard of righteousness that God accepts is. You know, we create our own standards of righteousness. We create our own moral systems, and then we judge ourselves, and we judge others by how well they line up to the system that we created. You know, we talk sometimes today as Christians, we talk about how, man, you know, how immoral our nation has become, maybe, or how morality has just gone with a previous generation. But the truth is, our country, our culture, is just as moral and maybe more moral than it's ever been. It's just a different morality. But it's, it's every bit as rigid as previous moralities. And if you don't line up with the current morality you get canceled. You get mobbed. You get assaulted, attacked, verbally, sometimes even physically. Because, wait, no, this, these are the new rules. This is what's important. This is what's true, and you better follow it or else. And all kinds of people think they are righteous because They're on the right side of history. And they think they're righteous because they've got the right view of whatever the the topic might be. But according to Jesus, the righteous standard is him alone. Unless you conform to him and have his righteousness, you don't go. To heaven. That's what he's saying about righteousness because I go to the Father. He's being about going into the presence of God. Nobody goes there unless they have that righteousness. 
And that's what the gospel is about. The gospel is about how we get that righteousness, and we get that righteousness through Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit convicts us of these things, convicts the world of these things. And then the last thing Jesus said, the Spirit will convict the world of judgment. And then he says, because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world is a reference to the devil. And the devil was judged at the cross. And even though the activity of the devil still goes on in the world today, the devil is operating on borrowed time. The sentence has already been passed upon him. And one day it will be clear to everyone that he has been judged. And everyone will know one day that that judgment took place at the cross. But it's the Spirit who, this is what the Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he does it in two ways. He does it independent of any human instrumentation. The Holy Spirit just mysteriously works. We don't even see the Holy Spirit working sometimes at all. Have you ever met a person or maybe you've been a person who there was no indication whatsoever that they were anywhere remotely near to becoming a Jesus follower. And boom, all of a sudden it's like, wait, what happened to you? Now you're, you're, you're talking about God and you're reading the Bible and you're hanging out with other people and you're, you're going to a church and, and you're actually kind of nice and say, you know, what, what happened? I didn't see this coming. I know the person might say, I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit was at work. And I love this. I love the mysterious work of the Spirit where, man, you just, you don't even know that it's going on, but it's happening. It's happening. And, and this is why when we think about an outpouring of the Spirit of God, we just say, Lord, pour out your Spirit because you have to go knock on the door of people's hearts. Some people are so shut up, so closed in. There's nothing that's going to penetrate. But here's the truth. The Holy Spirit can penetrate. He can get through. And he does. So he does it independent of humans. But then also the Spirit uses people. And he uses the church. And he works through things like preaching the gospel. And of course... We just look in the pages of the New Testament. We see the book of Acts. What do we see them going out doing? They're going out preaching the gospel. And what's happening? People are getting convicted of their sin, and they're turning to Christ for salvation. And that still happens today, all the time. But not just preaching, but as we've talked about before, telling. Sometimes it's just you're telling the story of what God has done in your life. And the Holy Spirit is working in the person that you're telling to convict them of sin and of righteousness. And sometimes it's showing. Sometimes people look at your life and they see that, man, there's something different here. There's something powerful here. And the Holy Spirit is using that. And then, of course, there's also praying. As we, God's people, as we pray, Lord, pour out your spirit. Believing that, as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Lord, convict the world of sin. 
Nobody can come to Jesus unless they're convicted of sin. Nobody looks for a savior unless they, they realize they're lost. So Lord, we pray that you would work that in people's hearts. And so that is the work of the Spirit, Jesus said. This is what the Spirit would do amongst the unbelieving world. And then lastly here in verses 13 through 15, notice here, verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So here, three final things. He will guide believers into all truth. Now, again, this was very, very, very relevant to the group of men that Jesus was speaking to right here because they were to be the ones who were to pen for us the rest of Scripture, the New Testament. And the New Testament, the rest of the New Testament beyond the the four Gospels and Acts is basically the explanation of who Jesus is and all that he did and all that he will do. And so they would be guided by the Spirit to know that. Like we saw earlier, he would teach you all things. Now here, more specifically, guiding them into all things. But he guides us into the truth as well. He guides us toward the truth. He helps us to recognize where we don't want to go because that's not true. But then he says, uh, he will tell you what is to come. And so this is speaking of the future. The, the Spirit would inspire them to write about the future. The New Testament also contains information about the future, most notably the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation tells us where the future is headed, where the world is going, where it's all going to end up. But then the final thing he says is this. He says concerning the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. He will glorify me. This is the delight of the Spirit. Remember, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three persons are God. All are equal to one another. And yet the Spirit's delight is to glorify Christ. So when the Spirit is working in your life, when the Spirit is working in our lives collectively, when the Spirit is working in the church globally, guess what's happening? Jesus is being glorified. Jesus is being exalted. Jesus is being testified to. He is the Spirit of Christ. Now, finally, I want to take you back just in your memory. You don't need to turn back there. But remember the very first passage we read where he, Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. He said to them, he said, he's with you. He will be in you. But then there's one more way in which we are to anticipate the Spirit, and that is the Spirit is will come upon you. And so... The Holy Spirit is, is with. The Holy Spirit 
is in, when we believe in Jesus, he is in us, he indwells us. But then Jesus said to them, remember, he gives them the great commission, go preach the gospel. But in Acts 1.8, Jesus says, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from heaven for the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will testify of me. You will be witnesses to me. And so this final thing is the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to glorify Christ, empowers us to speak for him, to be a witness for him, empowers us to serve God. See, Jesus never imagined a church that wasn't dependent on the Spirit. Never imagined a church that wasn't dependent on the Spirit. This uh, past week, my friend, she tweeted about a church leader that she'd met, and they were having a conversation about the Spirit, and he said, oh, the churches that I go to, there's not much of the Holy Spirit there. Now, I don't know exactly what that person meant, meant by that, but needless to say, that's not good if that's the case. The Holy Spirit must be with us or we've got nothing going. And so we want to be filled with the Spirit. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5, 18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the idea there is keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, the simplest way is to ask. Lord, fill me up. Lord, I need you. I need more of you. Lord, baptize me. Friends, pray for me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. And so Jesus never intended us to try to fulfill what he's called us to do on our own. He has supplied us with the Spirit. In John chapter 7, when Jesus, he said, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. And out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And it says, John then tells us, this he said, speaking about the Holy Spirit, whom he would give for he had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, Jesus has been glorified. He has been given now. And so I just want to encourage you in this way. Today, I would encourage you to take this opportunity and to say, Lord, I want to be filled afresh with your spirit. Lord, I want you to pour out your spirit on me. Maybe you would say, I don't even know if I've ever had this experience. Well, here's the moment to say, Jesus, come. And maybe you don't even know if Jesus is indwelling you. Maybe you're not sure you're a Christian. Well, this is the time to say, Lord, forgive my sins and take up residence in me by the Holy Spirit and fill me with your spirit for your glory. Let's do that. And let's see what God And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There are so many questions today about science and faith. 
And uh, are they compatible? Can you be even a scientific person and a believer at the same time? Well, Professor John Lennox from Oxford University says, yes, you can. And in his fantastic book, Can Science Explain Everything?, he basically shows us from a scientific standpoint and as a scientist that science cannot explain everything. But, of course, the Gospels and the Word of God do. So I love this book. It's an easy read. It's very helpful. It's a great book to read yourself and to even pass on maybe to a skeptical friend. So I want to encourage you to pick up Can Science Explain Everything by Dr. John Lennox. Again, this month's resource is a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. You can order the book, Can Science Explain Everything? by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.